0: Welcome to Vets to PM's Military Transition Academy podcast, the show where we discuss how to succeed in transitioning from the military service to the civilian workforce. This show and the academy it represents helps veterans transition into meaningful, lucrative post-service careers. Your primary host is Eric Doc wright PhD, certified manager, military veteran, serial founder, best-selling business author, philosopher, linguist, and coach. Your other host is Jeremy Burdick, project management professional, scrum master, product owner, and retired Air Force chief, and the current COO of Vesta PM and the Professional Development Unit University, where we will interview veterans successful in corporate America and business to bring you nuggets of wisdom every episode to make you more successful. Next, let's introduce today's guest. Our next guest is Ben Skipper, and he's the Executive Director of Aerospace and Defense Executive Programs at the University of Tennessee's Halson College of Business, and serves on the faculty of the Department of Supply Chain Management. In these roles, he works closely with the college's corporate and institutional partners and students to develop the advanced knowledge across industry and academia. Skipper earned his doctorate in management from Auburn University and holds a master's in logistics management from the United States Air Force Institute of Technology, which is AFIT for you Air Force folks out there. And Skipper has published work in a variety of management logistics and supply chain related journals, including the Journal of Business Logistics, the International Journal of Logistics Management, and the International Journal of of Physical Distribution and Logistics Management. He reserves several teaching and research awards, including the Best Paper Award for the International Journal of Physical Distribution and Logistics Management. His current research interests include supply chain disruption, disruption avoidance, supply chain strategy, supply chain leadership, and additionally, Dr. Skipper has held tenure track positions at the Air Force Institute of Technology, Georgia Southern University, Abraham Baldwin Agricultural College. Prior to entering academia, Skipper served for 20 years in the United States Air Force. During his time, he held a variety of logistics positions, commanded one of the U.S. Air Force's strategic supply chain operations squadrons, and was responsible for worldwide operational support. I think you're going to enjoy this, especially if you're interested in getting an MBA in business as with an emphasis on supply chain with aerospace and defense uh, twang on it. So listen up. Should be a good show. All right. So Ben, thanks for being on the show. We want to uh, highlight, you know, what you're doing, where you came from, and how you got to where you are today. So let's just start a little bit about yourself, kind of, you know, the, the past, Ben, and how you've transitioned into the new one. Very good. Well, thank you, Jeremy. And thank you for having
1: us. I really appreciate it and, and appreciate the opportunity to talk to veterans out there. Um, so my, my name is Ben Skipper. I am currently the executive director of Aerospace and defense programs at the university of Tennessee here in the Haslam college of business. And, and I have had this, the, the, the most uh, odd path that you can possibly imagine to get to, to where we are today and, and a very thankful uh, for for the opportunities that were presented to me, so uh, I I, uh, I started off uh, I uh, uh, in, in in the United States Air Force. I came in through OTS uh, in 1994. Uh, and uh, became a, a logistics planner back in the day and uh, started off my career at Pope Air Force Base. I believe we're supposed to still stay beautiful Pope Air Force Base uh, as uh, so that everybody knows exactly what we're talking about there. Uh, great assignment, learned an awful lot. Uh, went off from there to Barksdale. I uh, got a chance to go to 8th Air Force and and uh, it really is a uh, way over my head. It never should have been in that type of position, but really worked hard and, and, uh, and good things kind of came my way. And, and really, the first educational opportunity in the Air Force popped its head up at about that time. I got the opportunity to, to go to AFIT, the Air Force Institute of Technology. Uh, and if you're not familiar, it's the graduate school for the United States Air Force and, and really, unfortunately, still one of the best kept secrets Uh, In in the Air Force. And from there, I I moved on to the Air Force Logistics Management Agency, which was basically a think tank uh, to provide logistics feasibility assessments and analysis for all things logistics and supply chain management for the United States Air Force. We reported directly to air staff. And and so, again, as a as, as a really junior captain doing things that I had absolutely no business doing. Uh, playing way over my head the entire time but but again learning and, and 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 growing the network if you will uh being exposed to different thought processes and, and different different uh, opportunities uh, then the air Force education came knocking again and i I don't know if, if I volunteered or if everybody else stepped backwards, but I had the opportunity to, uh, to, to go and get my PhD. And uh, so I went down to Auburn, I did my PhD in management with, with a concentration in supply chain management uh, and, uh, and then got to go back to AFIT on the faculty Uh, chance to command after that. And, and, and uh, a few deployments and whatnot along the way, and, and that's sort of my history. So I I didn't follow anything like what a normal path would have been to get to that point. But I, I made special attention to kind of bring up the educational aspects of it, and and I will touch on this several times in our conversation, I'm sure. But the, the opportunities presented to me there, and it really opened up hallways of doors to me that that I would have never known existed. And that's how I ultimately landed in, in the position that, I, that I'm in now. I, I retired in, in uh, 2014, uh, went down and, and joined the, the faculty at Georgia Southern, had another opportunity at a little school called Abraham Baldwin Agricultural College, and, and then the University of Tennessee called. And, and that is, in the supply chain world, that is much like getting a call from the Yankees. Uh, you, you take that call. A- and, and, and when given the opportunity, uh, and I'm truly blessed to be here with a with a really a Hall of Fame team. It, it It's like the 24 Yankees over there and and on, uh, you go around and it's Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer. And then somewhere way down the hall down there is a, a door that says Skipper on it. So I'm just I'm just happy to be here and, and uh, proud to be a part of of of, of a great team. Uh, we are the, uh, depending on who you're arguing with today and, 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 and under which conditions, we're a top three program in the world in supply chain management here at UT. Uh, we have nearly 1,800 undergraduate majors just in our supply chain major now. Um, it, it's, a, it's a fascinating experience to be a part of something that has this type of reputation. reputation. Um, in my other hat, with my other hat, I, I am the executive director of Aerospace and Defense Programs, and we are an MBA and non-degree uh, offerings that that focus in the aerospace and defense world, right? So um, we teach an MBA through through the through the lens of the aerospace and defense industry. Uh, it's a very unique offering. I'm, I'm sure we'll tease that out again in, in in a few more minutes. But that's that's really me. I, uh, I've um, Uh, enjoy this space very much. Uh, I really am uh, as as happy as I can be to be here with you to kind of talk about how other veterans might find themselves in a a situation where they're either about to or in the process of, or maybe already have transitioned, and they're trying to figure out what's the next step for them. And maybe I can share a few few words of, I won't say wisdom, but uh, usually lessons learned along the way.
0: There you go. Yeah. Well, how cool. I mean, I, honestly, you're right. It's, it's not a traditional path, uh, but a very interesting one at it being one of the things that, you know, even when I was in and I was an enlisted guy that uh, applied and wanted to be a part of, because I just knew how great of a program it was. And I didn't even know enlisted could be a part of it. So, right. um, but then when I found out, I was like, oh man, I got to try this. And uh, I didn't. I didn't get in, but ultimately, I always thought that how how cool is it that the Air Force has something so technically uh, advanced as far as you know, just a in service offering, and it's it's a really it's an incredible resource for others to to get. It. So if you're in the service currently, you know it's something to look up to and see if you can uh, apply and and keep, like like Ben here get some uh, excellent education.
1: I, absolutely, it's a uh, fantastic programs across the board uh, at 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 AFID. and that that team there still extraordinarily strong. And it's, it's at Wright Pat in Dayton, great place, great situation, great school. You really can't go wrong. If if you have any interest at all, please do reach out to them and, and do a little homework on that.
0: Yeah, for sure. And where did you end up doing your command?
1: As I was at Langley, I had the 440th Supply Chain Operations Squadron, and, and, and there, there, at Langley, uh, fantastic experience, right? I, I, I tell you, when people ask about command and ask about the, about the job, I say, I, I say, and 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 I think others might agree that it's the absolute best and absolute worst job in the world at the exact same time. Uh, you know, the, the the opportunity to work with with airmen and 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 do the mission and just lean into it and get it done. Uh, we had a 365 uh, mission uh, supporting about roughly half the Air Force at any given time, including everything that was in the AOR. Uh, so, really important I had young kids doing things that that uh, that that proved every day um, that you can get it done if you want to, if you work hard enough and and, and study hard. These kids did amazing, amazing things with. Assets older than them, computer systems. The code was older than they were. It was held together, held together with duct tape, bailing wire, and a little bit of hope. Uh, and so uh, they they just pulled it off, you know just just getting it done every day and uh, I, I, everything that goes along with it. I uh, I'd go back and do it again in a heartbeat if I if they'd let me. So yeah, so not only
0: <laughs> educational, but you also had operational experience as a supply chain manager. And then um, you know did that. Did you find that um, the academic side and the operational side meshed up pretty well, or did you find that it's like the, the there's a pretty big disparity there?
1: I I, I, t- I tell you that in a lot of fields, what you identify is absolutely true. There's a quite a bit of, of of differential disparity between the theoretical and the actual, right? And but but in our field in supply chain the two are so closely related uh, and the relationship between business and organizations and, and at the, the academy. Uh, is is very very close. We are very much an applied science, if you will. So, so uh, we learn every day from from the lab. Theory doesn't even have a chance to to uh, to get cold, right? It's it's always moving back and forth with the with the practitioners in the field. So, I, I would tell you that in my particular case, in in what I've been allowed to do, both from an academic and, and an operational standpoint, is that the bridge is a really short one uh, in in between the two.
0: That's good. That's actually, because you want to, you want to exit an educational program and be ready to go. Like it's one of those heartbreaking things when you go, Hey, you go get a business degree and then you go try to do business. It's like, well, wait, wait, it told me how to run one, but didn't tell me how to start one.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. And, and, and that there's so many, so many aspects of it that uh, especially in the pressures in academia right now to go fast, 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 you know, get, get people done as quickly as you possibly can and, and, that, that means that there are often sacrifices made, unfortunately, as to as to how much material can you cover in this much time uh, and, and finding the art to to getting the, the correct amount of rigor. Right. What's important, what's really meaningful, what's going to make a difference for somebody uh, and then fitting it in that box. Right. There's a time box. There's an attention span box. There's there's a, how much can we actually learn uh, in, in a period of time. Uh, then th- that's the art and science, I guess, of 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 matching that up. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No No doubt. I agree 100 percent. It's uh, my wife's a teacher. So she's a, she's a principal of the school and that's what they're always balancing. Yeah. Hey, what, even if I taught them everything, what would they retain? And then absolutely. <laughs> and bless if- her for doing that. That's a tough job. If they retain it, what are they going to retain that's most important? And, you know, I, I think you just said it. So I think ultimately, you know, a couple different data points, multiple different data points, even myself, it's like, what do I remember that would help me? Uh, 99% of it's communication and empathy for others. You know I mean? It's so much down to.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, what, what caused you to decide to transition? What would, what made the decision for you? You're, you know, you're an airman uh, yesterday and then the next day you're not. So what, what drove that decision?
1: You know, I remember as a, as a, as a young Lieutenant and captain, and you'd talk to these old Lieutenant colonels, you know, they were ancient, they had to be 40 or something, you know, they were really old and, 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 and you, you ask them, well, how do you know, how, how do you know when it's, when, when, when it's time and, 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 and I can remember several of them that were my mentors that just told me said Ben you will know when you know you'll you'll know when it when it's time and uh, and I thought oh what a what a cop out answer you know I mean come on that's 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 not helpful at all and I remember the day that I woke up and I knew that that, it, that it's time uh, uh, and uh, um, I think for me it was it was the I had I had um, I had been gone. Uh, I had been in command I had been busy it seemed like for forever my kids were getting to to be teenagers um, and and I really wanted to, to think about a different way of life. Um, I loved my career I, I loved serving in the United States Air Force and serving my country and, and and again if I could fit in a uniform I'd go back and do it again tomorrow but but, there comes a time, and uh, I had some opportunities because of the education that the Air Force had provided to me, and uh, I, I I went and did some interviews. And my full goal was to find out all the things that I don't have that I'll need one day, uh, and and then I can start building towards that day. And I think I did I did five interviews at five different schools and ended up with five offers. Oh wow and that was a, a surprise uh, uh, that was a surprise cuz remember i went into it thinking i'm i'm going to get rejected at every single one i'm going to find out the things that i don't have that i need to prepare myself for and 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 then i'll go get ready well that that offered up a, a unique type of situation and just about that time another you know uh, another another change for the kids another another move for the family and and i said you know m- maybe not Maybe, maybe not. Maybe it's maybe it's just time to do to do something different. And uh, and that's how I, I, yeah, I chose one and ended up there. And and it was great for us. It, it was it's been a it's been a, a great time. We've moved a couple of times since, but but we've moved when we wanted to and not when somebody else said you had to. Yeah. And
0: <laughs> yeah, there's freedom. There's freedom in that. You know, there's
1: freedom in that. There really is. It's, and it's uh, it's been a blessing to, to all of us. My, my kids go to UT now. I get to see them every day, even, even in college. And and it's, uh, it's been a fantastic experience for us.
0: Oh, amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And the uh, you know, I, I like what you said is some, you'll just know, you know, you'll just wake up morning and you'll know uh, in my case, it was medical. So I didn't get a lot of choice in it. I would have stayed probably a little longer, not necessarily out of love, but maybe out of just fear, you know? So <laughs> I think the fear of the transition is, is real. It's um you know, it's impactful, but sometimes you just know that it's time to move on. And having talked to hundreds and hundreds of veterans that have transitioned is there's a common thread there. It's either they're not having fun anymore. Um, they're just, they're tired. Um, they're, they have found a new opportunities. They want to remake themselves. I mean, the, the transition story is, it, it's vast and numerous, but it all kinds of comes down to that single thread. It's that internal feeling where, yeah feeling that hey i think i'm ready outweighs the the fear of the change so
1: it does right it becomes it's a matter in business we would say that's a switching cost right when 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 do you get to that point that the the that the cost to change is more than the cost of the of the fear to stay that's right right. or the desire to stay or or whatever it may be is maybe that is that is that is keeping you you in and and it doesn't mean that that um that you that you haven't served well, that you haven't done well, that you don't still have a desire to serve. It doesn't mean any of that. It just means that you know, that you know, yeah. And and and, and, and that that point is just a matter of, I think, um, no matter what your timeline might be, right? For some sooner, some some longer, depending on what your horizon may be. Once you've made that decision that that's what's right for you, the more homework you can do before you get to that point, the better. Uh, that's why I think that, that the, um, the conversations like this podcasts like yours, um, the, the services that you provide are so critically important to, to people. If you can just put yourself in a position so that when that day comes, you have an option it, in that what we all want in life is to have options. Right. Going straight ahead is not an option. That's just going straight ahead. Right. At least be able to go left or right. Now you can choose right? Yep. You have choice in, in what you want. And so the, the more we can do to put ourselves in position to understand, hey, w- what do I want to be when I grow up? Or where do I want to go? Or what is it that I'd like to try to do? Or what new adventure do I want to try to tackle? Or, or heck, what whatever it may be, you know, there's a lot of what's out there. Uh, whatever it may be for, for an individual, if you just put yourself in a position to know more, be better prepared for, have options so that when the time comes now, you, now you can choose, right? You may not have ever been able to choose an adult before in your life. And here you go, co- here you go. Here's your, here's your first time to really choose what you want to do. And, and, and I think that's just a, that's a powerful, powerful situation. If you can put yourself, uh, it be a little bit better prepared when you put yourself in that position.
0: I agree hundred percent. I would say uh, it, we, you're a unique guest in the sense that you had five opportunities uh, So now looking back, just dissecting a little bit, and I know, you know, not putting you on the spot a little bit, but when you, when you look back, what do you think it was that made you five for five on selection and what kind of like, what tactical information could you provide the audience, you know, that would help them maybe repeat that success?
1: So I, I tell you what, what I had some good advice given to me and, and it may have served me better than anything else. That I did, isn't that's to think about all of the experiences, all of the 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 knowledge gained, the 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 operational experience that I have while while in uniform, and how do I translate that into something that's meaningful for somebody that's that's never served a day, right? And and so we talk, we and and this is old hat, and and it sounds it sounds so easy, but i found it not to be easy right so uh, so how do we take this language that we speak in all the time with all of the acronyms that we use and and the jargon that we use and the the assumptions that we make about understanding that that are commonly shared for for, for those of us that have that have been in uniform and how do i make that meaningful right to somebody out, outside or in in a completely different field right and and so Lots of tricks that are out there, but I'll tell you the one that kind of came down to me, and, and that's that you know, numbers, percentages, uh, and dollar signs matter, right? You may not necessarily understand anything else about the process, but you understand that a 37% improvement is probably pretty darn good, right? Uh, that, that if you're able to save, you know, 700-something thousand dollars in, in a quarter uh, for for whatever operation that you may be working on that's that's likely pretty impressive, right? And so I don't have to be in your business to understand that 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 has meaning. that has meaning. and and bringing across the leadership aspects uh, and and truly spelling out what di- what it is that you did as a leader and as a manager, right? They are two separate things but not it's not good and bad. They're just different. Right. And so don't be afraid to bring out aspects about what you did in both of those, because we've had most of us have had leadership and management experience that at young ages that nobody else has, um, often under conditions that nobody else has, has had. Uh, our, our peers maybe on the on uh, in the commercial world may have not. So I, I, I would say take the time to really think it through and don't assume uh, spell out really what you did think about what you did nobody cares about how many the, the, you know whatever of the quarters you might have been etc cetera, et, cetera, et cetera. they they don't really understand the process and what it might be but recognized by your leadership team for something says something different right and and, and so make sure that you that you take that time to just walk through it and one of the easiest ways i found is I, I, a, a friend that um had never never served anything I, I took my I took my um, my Vita uh, my resume and I gave it to him and and uh, he bled all over it was kind enough to bleed all over it with me and I said be harsh I mean if you don't know what it means nobody else would and and um, from that little exercise it really taught me to slow down, break the assumptions right. Uh, and 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 move forward from there and and it really helped me to even frame up conversations and stories right I mean a, a lot of organizations that veterans walk in with a feeling that they're owed or that they have an advantage just because and well it's not that way if, if it was that way it's not that way anymore and, and 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 you know organizations companies that we deal with all the time will tell you I mean thank you for your service and they mean it they absolutely mean it but they have a bottom line. That they have a mission too and and they have to put the best resources that that are possible for them to be able to increase shareholder value which is what they're all about right they're there to make money that's that's the goal and so so they have to put the best players on the team and put that team on the field just like we all you know did back in our day as well and so take the time to think about it do the homework on the organizations and and then now, You've cleaned up what's about you. You've done your homework about the organization that you'd like to go to. What do you bring to their fight? Right. What is remember their fight is is different than the one you've been in. So what do you bring to help them accomplish the mission that they're in today? What makes you different than the other thousand folks that look just like you, have the same experience as you, have been to the same places and done the same things and have the same t-shirts as you? What makes you different than those people as you move forward? And I think that's what I did. Uh, and and I tried to keep that in context. And I put myself in their world and made sure that I could explain the things that I had done in terms and, and linking it to what they currently do. And and it, it sold. It, it it was a clear message. They understood it. It was an easy yes. Wow. It was an easy yes, I I think.
0: Yeah. Well, it must have been. I mean, it's, it's five for five ain't bad at all. Uh, in fact, it's, it's almost out of this world. So that's really good. Um, and I just want to kind of recap a couple of the things that you had for sure. the listeners out there. Uh, slow down, right? Don't be in such a hurry to to say I was the airman of the month or the marine of the year or whatever else, because they don't understand it. But if you can tell your story in numbers, percentages, figures, facts uh, that are tangible. And Doc uh, Doc Wright, the founder of, our, of Vets to PM, always says, hey, listen, if you can translate well, you'll transition well.
1: Oh, that's a great way to really put it. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's turning it into language of management, right? And that's that is the language of business, uh, where leadership is a subset of management. But you also have organization, you know, organizing, you know, and and all the other uh, different portions of management. But leadership is a portion of it. Um, and then you brought up a uh, breaking the assumptions, right? Assuming that they know what you did and value what you did and could be able to translate what you did based on your jargon of a resume so i one key factor uh, find you a civilian that doesn't ever or never heard of some of the acronyms in the military i really think that was a key a key thing that you did was go find someone that never had a clue and then say if you don't understand it nobody else will i think that's that's feedback that's extremely valuable um, and then tell your story, right? I, I can't tell you how many times in an interview it was less about giving me the facts and figures because that should be on the resume. It was more about tell me the story of how you generated thirty seven percent more profit in That's exactly. Right. Three. And I was like, okay, okay. and I, I you know, I guess I knew that, but I wasn't extremely prepared to tell the story in a story sense of the manner. So, uh, I think there's there's some weight to that and when we talk about you know your success, obviously you were able to couch whatever figures facts into a cogent story that they got to understand and probably had a very emotional reaction to. It's like, wow, we need this person on the team because they bring x value and it offsets the price that we're going to pay them. So I mean it's it's an equation and I, I think that's 100 percent true. we do it. Uh, in business every single day before you hire somebody, what am I going to pay them? What do I think they can produce? If they can produce more than I'm going to pay them, that's a good decision. If not, decision. it's bad risk. Yes. Yeah, so It is. The last piece I
1: throw on there, it is be yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, be yourself. You can polish up who you are. That's absolutely. I mean, and that's a, that's actually a recommendation, <laughs> but Know the role that you're applying for. Know the company and their culture. How do you fit into that culture? Polish yourself up a little bit. Practice, practice. Right? Um, you know, we we we've all lived in different worlds at different times, where language was a different different thing, and and uh, and the way we talked and the aggressiveness that we used, they were all very different than they might be in other aspects and other other places. Practice. And if you don't have a personality, grow one. Right. (laughs) Because it matters now. And so it's sort of take a hard look at yourself. And as you go through this process of breaking the assumptions and breaking the language and understanding your story and being able to tell your story and doing your homework, all of that together. There's no silver bullet here. It, it, this this is it's sort of a a whole menu, if you will, uh, of things that you have to do that will take you to where you need to be. Yeah, I, I would agree hundred percent with what you what you described it a few minutes ago. Yeah,
0: yeah, well done. Yeah, I think that's good, and I do I do think that there's no one thing you should focus on. It's yeah, it's like the roots of a tree. If it's not all strong, you know, I mean, eventually they're going to poke a hole and see. And I really like the and I'll take the be yourself just a little bit. One step further is if if you are not yourself and they hire that alter person that you pretended to be during the interview, you likely will not be happy in that job. That's, amen. That's <laughs> absolutely right. <laughs> so, be yourself. They're going to hire you. You want, it's ultimately, if you're there in the interview, it's likely they saw something in the resume that they liked and know. they saw the value. Now I it's a culture fit. Like, how do I fit in? Uh, I did hear uh, from a couple executives when they ask you, Hey, do you have questions? Never say, Nope, no questions. There's always questions that somebody's given you their time in that company. Yeah, pick their brain, figure out what their culture is, figure out what, Hey, what can I do in the next 90 days to add value to your problem? What problems do you have? How can I help you solve them? Like, I mean, it's now you're interviewing them. And before you know it, it's like you're the only solution that they've got.
1: No. Absolutely right. That, that those follow up questions that you that look—that's your chance. That, that what a real chance to, to to get below the the surface, right? And ask a meaningful question. And while you have the opportunity, and and you're right, they, they put aside their time. They've set their time aside to talk with you. What a what a what a really good opportunity. I'm gonna throw one more nugget in there, and this is this is just one of those things that a handwritten thank you note for the time of the, of the team that spent will differentiate you in ways that you just would not believe. Right. Lots of people will, will send an email or whatnot. Take, take five minutes, take five minutes and write a thank you note to these professionals that have set aside part of their day to talk to you about you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. psychologists yeah. get paid good money to do that. These yeah, guys, they do. <laughs> yeah. No, I like that. Great touch. Great touch. Yeah. Uh wonderful. So now as we as we go forward into your your current role. So you did the uh it, now you're at the University of Tennessee, sitting in a chair. What program have you moved the ball forward on?
1: So I the uh I, I think I have the the coolest job at the University of Tennessee. And and, and uh, there might be a couple that would argue, but but I, I really do think I I have it. I mean, with with two primary hats. My one hat I get to work with undergrads and supply chain management and help them figure out what they're going to be what they want to do, how to think critically. And the other, the other hat that's my primary role is is in, in the airspace and defense world. And what we have is a, in the airspace and defense division here is we've developed the airspace and defense MBAs, our flagship program. Been around, this is our 20th year uh, this year. We've got a, a little over 500 alums out there in the world. We're a small batch program. We typically are looking for 34 to 38 students a year. Um, we we teach the, the accounting and economics and marketing and finance and management, and organizational behavior, and strategic leadership, and most importantly, the supply chain management, because that's what I teach uh, and, and as part of the MBA. And, and those are aspects of any high quality MBA that you would find at, at any really good school. OK, but what's a little bit different about our particular little program here is that we teach that through the context of the airspace and defense industry. Uh, and and so w- w- we very much are a niche. We are looking for a, a certain kind of student. we're we're looking for individuals that have an interest, have served or or want to. Uh, want to uh, be in this larger industry. About half our cohort is gonna be DOD related. So we'll have DOD civilians, active duty guard and reservists. The other half are from the commercial side of the industry. And so we've got some of the, every giant that you've ever heard of in in the company, uh, uh, in the the program. Um, We also want a depth of experience. I'll have individuals that have 25 or 30 years of experience in the field, and I'll have uh, a handful that have twenty-five or thirty months in the field, and so we want—we believe the breadth and depth of, a, of perspective across the industries is really important. You can you can learn as much from your cohort cohort as you do from the entire program, right? As we have conversations, and you know somebody chimes in, "Hey, I saw this at this." particular situation in my organization. And hey, we saw the same thing, but we looked at it completely different from another organization. And off we go from there. Um, The way we teach is a little bit different as well. We are an 11-month program, 45 credit hours in 11 months with a high level of rigor. This is not a pay your fee, get your c Type of degree, okay, but but we, what we have found is that the way you teach the program can actually allow you to go fast and keep that level of rigor that you that you that you would like, so that you can be a nationally ranked program in your space. Is it
0: virtual or do you have to do it in person? So
1: so we have five residency periods across the year. Each one is about seven days. So you can expect to be out of the office about 35 days, maybe a, a day or two extra for travel, depending on where you're coming from. And then we augment that with distance learning. All right. We've been doing Zoom since before. It was cool. Right. Uh, so about every other Tuesday we get together and Thursday and we get together and have a have a have a session live with faculty, just like you would if we were sitting here in a classroom in Knoxville and, and we, we make it as interactive as, as we can. We don't have an exams in our program. Right. Adults don't learn by memorizing and regurgitating for the purpose of taking a test. Right. We learn by hearing, seeing and doing and then applying that knowledge through assignments. Right. And so that's what we do here. Um, we look at multiple, multiple uh, uh, aspects of, of business at a time. Uh, so what do I mean by that? Well, we have an integrative cur- integrated curriculum. Right. So in a, in a traditional program, probably going to take two, maybe three classes per semester, about nine hours, give or take in an MBA. It'll take you between two and two and a half years to graduate. That's pretty pretty standard anywhere, right? In our program, you take two. One's worth 12 hours and the other's worth three. 12 hours is all of the academics. We've taken all of the material, divided it across the year, carved that into three semesters. The reason that we do that is that when we solve problems or, or when we do business in, in the real world, we don't say, wait a minute, let me put my marketing hat on. Wait, stop. Let me let me solve the problem from a supply chain standpoint. We have to look at multiple aspects of business all the time, all day. So why wouldn't we want to learn that way, right? Yeah. And so, so what we've done is brought the faculty together. You know, we have specialists in in all of the the different areas that we that we've talked about. We teach the material in. In, in a sequence that makes sense and so that they marriage together, right? And so now when we talk about a problem in the same day, we might look at it from four different vantage points looking at the same problem, oh, okay. right? Uh, and and the, the really cool thing about it is, you'll know that from a business standpoint, this happens all the time. From any vantage point, you might come up with a completely legitimate, viable, correct solution from that vantage point. Right. So when do you use which vantage point is the real question that that leaders and managers have to face every day? Well, OK, uh, I know we we did we did X last week, but but it's a new week. It's a different situation. We might need to do A, B or C this right. time. Right? Yeah. The variables. So, yeah. The variables have changed. The situation is different. The world has moved. Right. The Earth is turned on its axis. And so we are we are. We know that we're in a different place than we were in. So, what? Why should we be afraid to make a different decision yeah. than, than we than we were before? So, it's a little bit different. It's it is a non traditional method, but we're fully accredited. Uh, we're um, we um, very proud of our program. Very proud of our alums. Um, the um, the it's it is a it is a busy busy year, but uh, in eleven months you're done with your MBA from a top quality program uh, in, in 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 the space. Uh, we also offer non-degree programming. Uh, we'll do sixty-two. We have sixty-two different classes. We teach around the world in a, in a given year. We'll 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 have you know approximately fifteen hundred students this year that have come through our programming. Um, but Pre-COVID, we were in the neighborhood of twenty-five hundred, uh, and so we're building back up to to that space now. Um, and we do applied research here as well. And the, all three work together. It allows us to be constantly on the edge. We, we know what business is doing because we're interacting with business all the time. And that allows our faculty, bring it back to the classroom, teach it, use the relevant examples and on and on. We get so yeah. a little bit about us. We could, we could talk about that for several hours.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned, uh, you know, I, one, I love the fact that you're done in 11 months. Yeah. Two, I think something that's really highlighted is the fact that you've woven the different parts of management and leadership and business operations all into a streamlined you know, story that you're learning through. So I think that's really cool. And I couldn't agree more while working in a small business myself. It's one day I do have a, a marketing hat. The next day I've got a, right. a operations hat. The next day it's a financial hat. And you're like, well, wait a minute, really? I'm wearing all three hats, so I look pretty goofy most days. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just have to discern, okay, based on that perspective point, how are we going to go forward? Which is the which one's the biggest rock I got to hit today? So, that's it. I think that's really a really cool program. Thank which, you. Who's the you know, I guess what what's the acceptance rate? I mean, if if you want to get in, how does someone, if it's fairly low, which I kind of assume it must be low flow, uh, how does someone make themselves more, uh, I guess, sexy to be a part of your program?
1: But we have conversations. Uh, so one the The application process we try to make it as simple as as we can. The, the the app itself looks like any other application that you've done anywhere anytime. I'm going to ask you to write a little bit of an essay for me. I have four questions. Uh, this is not a you know we're not writing War and Peace here. They're they're very very important questions that are wrapped around. Are you sure this is what's right for you? Are you sure now is the right time for you? And then what are you going to do with it if you get it? Okay. I talk to every applicant multiple times because I want to I want the best fit for our program right and I want the best fit for the individual and maybe that's not us right I give I, I bet I have this conversation a couple thousand times a year right and and so uh, I I really I really want you to get the the best thing for you given the the goals directions what you want where you want to be uh, in, for, for in in your life. And, and so most of the time I will tell you, it works itself out. It does. Um uh, we 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 uh we have a little less than uh 30% acceptance rate uh for, for our program. Uh but but I'll be very honest and just say that most of the time it works out where everybody got what they needed from the conversation. Yeah. It takes a little time to do it that way. Um it does, because this this is not something you can that you can take a, you know, an eight question quiz and find out what you want to do from a graduate degree standpoint. I would tell you that, that talking to people uh, about what you want, where you want to go, how you want to do it, and let them tell you how the program can help you get there. That's a meaningful conversation uh, to have. Uh, so for, for all the listeners and viewers that might be out there, if you're, as you're having that conversation it if you're getting pigeonholed and, and it's a it's a five minute kind of decision. It's not the right decision. It's not the right decision. You need to kind of kind of think about it a little bit and give give yourself a chance to to really explore. Graduate school uh, or MBAs or, or, or anything, I, I'll I'll keep it to my particular field in, in business. I, I, I've often compared it to to ice cream and even Baskin Robbins had 37 flavors. Right. So so what's the right one for you? What's the right one for your situation? What's what's the right thing for what you want to do and how far do you want it to go? Uh, like most investments, there is a return. Right. And so sometimes you just want a short return. Sometimes you do. You, you, you need to get to the next step. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. And sometimes you're looking for a little bit longer return you'd like to take it farther you're going to invest a little more in it maybe in your in your resources in your in your in your in your finances in your in your time whatever it may be and so for that investment you would like a significant significantly higher return from your education well that's the space that we play. Right. And, and, and so um, I think the individual has to has sort of got to determine, why am I doing this? You know, in a different day, in a different time, we used to say we were checking the box for a particular degree. And look, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> there really isn't. It, it, it. But but you also have to understand it's probably only, only going to take you so far. And if that just coincides with how far you'd like to go, well, then great. Great. Yeah. If it doesn't, however, then you're probably wasting your time, right? You check the box, but it's really your expectations exceed the value of the thing that you're trying to do. And and so I would that's what I try to tease out when we have this conversation. I think that's really important for for every individual student uh, to think about where they want to go, what they want to do, how far do they want it to, to how far do they want their degree to take them down the road and and that's the reason that's what that's the that's what i mean when i say it, it tends to work itself out
0: yeah yeah in yeah conversation i like it but it's an invaluable conversation either way yeah. you, know, so, you know if you're you're interested out there and listening and, you, and you've got supply management or you know aerospace and defense on the mind i think it's a wow what a cool what a cool opportunity to get uh, a ben skipper read on the yeah right so
1: let's chat well i bet we can figure something out
0: that's right, and if it's not your program, you know maybe, maybe you'll just give them that nugget of advice to go somewhere else that'll help them reach their goals. Uh, that they absolutely and and and
1: uh, and happy to all all with all sincerity. If we're not the right program for you, there are a lot of good ones out there. I mean, a lot of good ones out there, and I'm I'm happy to point in the right direction if I can if I can help in any way.
0: Yeah. So can someone
1: uh, work full time and do your program? Everybody in our program works full time. Okay. Uh, so uh, so we we jokingly say that that uh, we are considered to be uh, this is not a joke. We are considered to be full time by the by the VA. Right. And so uh, that's an important distinction. If you know anything about your your VA benefits between being full time, part time or online uh, pays differently. Right. At different rates. So we are considered to be full time, but we are a low residency, full time program. Okay, And so here's where the, the joke comes in. that uh, while Knoxville is a beautiful place, our students don't quit their jobs and move here to, to attend our program. You can, but uh, but no, uh, everybody flies or drives in for the most part for,
0: for the program. Perfect. Long
1: yeah. answer to a short question.
0: Well, I think you knew where I was asking and going whereas yeah. you know, a lot of these veterans want to use their benefits. Yeah, that's a huge one right there is if it's a full time program, but they can still go seek jobs elsewhere, live where they want to live. A lot of our veterans, after I talk to them, it's like, hey, I've been told where to live by Uncle Sam my whole adult life. I'm ready to go put roots down, buy a house, get a ranch, get a condo, do a flat, hit the beach, hit the mountains, whatever, whatever it is they want to do. But now they can do that, still join your program uh, live their normal quote unquote life. It'll be busy for 11 months, maybe not two years like other programs. So, and then you get integrated into a program that what you would call is a world-class program. in the fact that it's, you know, one of the leading universities, but also one of the leading supply chain uh, programs.
1: Yeah. So our, our, um, our, our, our program, like I said, is five residency periods. Each one's about seven days. Um, you t- tend to fly in, drive in for the program. Plan on about ten to fifteen hours a week uh, of of effort. Uh, now that comes and goes, right? There might be some material that's a little bit more of a challenge, and that might take a little more time. And then maybe the next week it's right up your alley, and and you know you don't you don't you don't need that much. So ten to fifteen hours, pretty pretty good estimate. Uh, we do an applied research project in lieu of a thesis. So our goal is to develop an executable solution to a real world problem. Uh, we want to try to take relevance head on, right? Because one, we learn more that way. Mm-hmm. As adults, we learn more about working on something that's meaningful to us. So almost all of our students bring a problem from work, right? Likely a problem that they have to step over every day. And in doing or they've learned to go around it or they built a workaround for it or whatever the case may be. And so here's an opportunity to take that and and, and kill two birds with one stone. Yeah. Right. Solve a problem at, at work and and maybe maybe do a great job with your OAP. And the last piece that, that's in our program I want to talk about a little bit is that we have a built in leadership development part of our program. It's interwoven into everything that we do. Um, we've, we've all done our share of PME, and I and, will and, and tell you, I, I wish that I had had this type of leadership development program as part of my PME back in the day. It's not that it's better, it's different than, than anything I'd ever done before. Uh, it, it provided me with a, a different perspective than I've ever been ex- experienced, and it's all about understanding who you are, instead of fitting into a mold of of something else, who are you as a leader? And then what kind of leader do you want to be?
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: if we can understand point A and point B, then we can develop a map to get there, right? And, and, and that map comes in the form of, of individualized goals. And then we help you to develop metrics that are very specific to those goals so that you can track your progress in getting from point A to point B, oh. right? And so it's a consistent framework, but... I mentioned we have we have students that have 30 years of experience that are coming through our program. Right. They've they've been senior leaders multiple times. And then we have other folks that are just getting started. So how do you take a common framework and make it fit for everybody? Well, that's because it's not about it's not about trying to squeeze into a mold. It's about you. It's about who you are as a leader. And then we interweave that into the programming. Here's where that why that's important. It's great that you have some new business tools. That's wonderful that you have a few new tricks and the shiny new tools in your toolbox, even that you know when to use the tools in your shiny new toolbox. That's great. But if you can't lead a team and then manage the process, it doesn't really matter. Right, and so that's why we think that that leadership development program is such a, a key and crucial piece of of the overall degree. Sorry, I tangented on you there a little yep. bit. I hope that was useful.
0: That's good. It's it's very useful, and I I do think that um wow, that's it's great to know who you are in the process. But then you know where are your weaknesses? What do I have to work on? What do I already have in the bag? You know, do I you know I can really hone on my weaknesses? So I, I do. I think I I appreciate the. The orientation, right? The, right. the fixing of, Hey, where am I at? And when, and where am I going? You know, and Matthew McConaughey said it really well, know who you're not, you know, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's it. it. And then, and that helps you move to who you are because you're always going to be figuring that out. That's like you said, with supply chain. That's always a moving target, right? We're always, always. we're changing. We're, we're becoming better. Sometimes we're becoming worse. uh And then figuring out who you are, when you are, uh, that that's a really good orientating moment. So I, I appreciate the the add on to that. As as we start to uh, bring this to a close, one I want to open up like eight last tips and tricks for anybody right that uh, that you want to give, uh, whether it's educational with your program, whether it's just military transition, um, or, or anything life goals. Uh, and then second. You know, as you're answering the first, think about maybe a a tactical resource, like a good book, something that inspired you to become who you are. uh, And that just might strike a chord with some of our veterans who are transitioning. So I open the floor to you to to the first and second question.
1: OK, well, that's a good one to end up on. So do your homework. Do your homework about where you want to go. Think and because it will it will <clears throat> it will force you to think about what you want to do, right? Uh, so that it is worth the time to to go invest in the, the the research of different organizations of different companies. Talk to your family if you if you if you have a family. What do what a, what do they need from you? What do you need from them? Um the entire world can be explained in a two-by-two two chart, right? And so I would encourage you to 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 kind of scratch this out. All of us have a lifestyle that we want to live, right? There's a lifestyle. And and we're finally at a point, we've, we've joked about it a time or two in our conversation here today, that we're, we're finally at that point for it, whether you're retiring or just, you know, it's time to go, whatever it may be for you, whatever the situation might be for you. On the other side of that is a lifestyle that you would like to live, okay? And what so many veterans have found and what I found, what what I've said so many of my friends have found, is that you get to that point and you really don't have any idea what's it cost to live that lifestyle that you want, right? So understand that. Don't be surprised. Financial surprises typically are not good surprises. All right. So, so find out what it is that this, that, that, the dollar figure that goes along with that lifestyle that you would like to live. And then when you're thinking about what you want to do, it shouldn't be the only consideration, but it should be an important consideration. What's the income that you can gain from whatever it is that you want to go do, to do? And how does that compare to the cost of that lifestyle that you want to live? And if you're over it, Cool <laughs> but if you're under it, you either have to change one of two things you can change the lifestyle you want to live or you can change the the job that you want to go to or the career that you want to go to. Again, finding that out after is not the time to find that out right Do your homework in advance make sure that 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 you have that equation. <laughs> To use the term loosely, that you have that equation sort of figured out so that you'll know where you want to go and what you want to do. And then once you get there, can can you afford it? Right? Can you afford to live it? Uh, what I've the reason I bring that up and I kind of foot stomp that moment, <clears throat> thinking through the process will actually, for a lot of people, help them determine that what they always thought they wanted is not actually what they wanted. But most of us get into assumption mode again. And because we wanted it 20 years ago, we think we still want it today, right? And, or we always dreamed about it. Well, yeah, but that was the dream of a 25-year-old kid, not, not today, right? So think about that and go go from there. I think that will serve you well. Doing the homework about the organizations that you want to land in will let you know if you're a good fit. And then finally, as far as good books, I, I tell you, still my favorite one that I've reread of seven or eight times now, as we were soldiers, I, 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 I tell you why I like it. I mean, just to, to imagine the situations, to think about what you would have done, that the the someone telling the story of what they experienced over their life. There are so many good books. There's always something to learn from from all of them. But, 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 um, I find I find a lot of value. Uh, In in it, and every time I read it, I found I find a new little nugget, or it causes it causes me to stop and think a little bit something differently, or how would I have faced that situation, or what I might have, what might have I had I have done? Um, I I tell you what, I it's a it's a great book. The movie was okay. Read the book. Read the book.
0: All right, I like it. I like it. That's a it's a unique uh, unique. A unique offering, um, but I really, really think the the coolest thing that you said is taking the lifestyle versus the impact or result of the new job, the outcome, the income, right? Yeah. Because uh, it, it's not always just the paycheck. It's it's not. It's it's a little bit of hey, the I've got to wake up and go do this thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> Am I, am I still, and I love the fact that you're like, yeah, when I was 20, I wanted to do that. I wanted to jump out of airplanes and, you know, put out fires and back behind things. Well, now that I'm almost 50, do I want to still do that? Probably not. You know, my knees may not just hang. (laughs) I sprained my uh, ankle the other day, just walking from my mom's house. So. Uh, it's, it's absolutely, uh, as you age and and things change, I I think that's, that's amazing. And I love the fact that have the sit down discussion with your family. Uh, and and honestly, you've inspired me a little bit because I, I need to sit down with my, all my kids are in college, except for my very youngest one. Uh, but they're all in college and, you know, that's something I've had a hard time with some of their decisions, but honestly, if they can show me the scale and the way it balances, Hey, I I think there's something to that. It's like, Dad, I don't need to make that much money. I'm happy doing this. I'm like, okay, well, so ultimately, I think it's a it's a great mental exercise, and then the outcome will kind of tell itself. You don't even have to be the dad that says, "See, I told you so." You just say, "Well, now, what, which one are you going to choose? <laughs> which one do we adjust?" That's it. That's it. So, that's it. The the picture really
1: does say a thousand words when you when you draw it out.
0: I love it. I love it. So that's wonderful advice. And I I hope all the listeners caught on to how to do it. One last question. When you say, because you've said it no less than uh, three times on this show, and which I I can appreciate, but there's usually a reason behind it. Do the homework. Let's just take a for example. Give me what that means to you. And the only reason I'm, and I know it's putting you a little bit on the spot, but the reason I do it is because a lot of times the listener is like, what does that mean? I go to what's step one, two, and three, what would you do to go do homework? Cause obviously you're good at it, right. From an put, academic
1: the, point. To put a little context on, on, it, on it. So, and I say do the homework because it could mean a lot of different things, but let's, let's say we were, we were looking at organizations that we might want to work for. Right. Right. And so, If for for many people, they go check the website and they'll do a quick perusal. So, so well, that's great. That's a great place to start. It really is. But if you stop there, do you really know very much about it? Right. I mean, you can you can give a two minute soundbite about it. You just read it. But is it really do you do you really have an understanding of it? So I, I would tell you. That a, a follow-up step, and I'll just use this as sort of an example. I would like to have the executive director role at the Haslam College of Business for the Aerospace, Aerospace and Defense Division. Right? So and so reading the UT's website is a great place to start. So great, you found out a little bit about the organization, and then you narrowed in a little bit, and you when you came and read about the Haslam College of Business, and so now you're getting a little bit closer to what we do, and then you maybe maybe you found our website in Aerospace and Defense, and then you read a little bit more about that. But who's got the job now? What they do to get there, right? So maybe a little LinkedIn stalking—I I, I hate to use that term, but that's the common phrase, right—to go learn a little bit about the individual that's that's in that job. What have they done? right what about the rest of the team um what do they do what are their offerings what what is it that they offer up to to their customers right and so does does that sound like something i want to do and do i have the skills and the experience to to do it so maybe that's even though i want that job right now maybe i'm two jobs away from it So maybe I have to go do something else first so that I can ultimately land in that job later. Right. And so if all you did was go and read the one, the first Web page, you wouldn't know that. Right. You wouldn't know that. So I I would tell you that's what doing the homework means is taking it a little deeper, digging into what what is it that that I have to do to be in the right path to do the thing that I want to do just because somebody else did it doesn't mean that you have to jump off a bridge too, but understanding what they did might tell you a lot about what the organization values. And then you can compare that to what you've done. And, and if you are a great match, well then wonderful. Now, you know, yeah. But great. And, and if maybe you're a little off, well, what can you do right in short, medium, long-term to be prepared for it? And so maybe that means going to get going back to school, or maybe that means taking an interim job in between now and then to better prepare yourself to get the type of experience that you need to, 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 to get into to the next job. I hope that makes sense. Right. And so there, there, the homework is don't be afraid to peel it back yeah. to, to, to find out. Right. That, that five minute read is, is really not going to give you enough no. you know, to get to where you need to be, especially if you're talking about committing yourself. The most valuable resource you have, right? You're spending your most valuable resource in pursuit of something. Make sure you're spending it wisely.
0: Yeah, well said. Well said. You know, and I'm, I'm jotting down notes as you're as you're talking. And I and I'm specifically asked the question because I do know that most people are going to say, "Yeah, the website. I'm just going to read about the company, see what their mission, their vision, their values. Okay. Done, and then I'm done." And I'm glad that you said you have to drill down a little deeper. Mm-hmm. You've got to peel the onion back. You've got to figure out. And I really like the, the gap analysis. You didn't say those words, yeah, yeah. but that's really what it is.
1: That's exactly what it is.
0: Yeah. What does this position require? Where am I at? What are the gaps? How do I get it? Is it getting a job? Is it upskilling? Is it a certification? Is it maybe an education? You know, so I love the fact that um, that you brought that up. And, and through that, you're going to learn the conversational parts. And it doesn't mean you still can't put in for it. You identified some gaps. Well, during the conversation, bring them up, say, Hey, this, this is where I I want this position. I know that I can add value. Here's some parts that I can do really well. Here's some parts that the person sitting in that job is doing that I don't have, but I'm willing to learn. You know, I, I think honesty sometimes just wows the interviewers. Like it's like, whoa. It does. <laughs> Whoa! Is someone willing to be humble like that and tell me, "Hey, listen, uh, I've never done this before this portion, but I've done this, and it's very similar. And I think I can harness the energy that I've used before. That's right, and make it work." So and
1: that's that's tying that transli- transition translation, excuse me, in there as well. That's absolutely right.
0: Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, cool. Way to way to really bring it home. Uh, any parting shots before we wrap it up? I just
1: wanted again to say thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity to be with you. If if, I, if anybody out there has any any questions for me, I'm, I'm please do reach out Skipper at utk.edu is the easiest way to get a hold of me. Uh, I'll be happy to try to to chat with you on the other side. Uh, check us out from a program standpoint. Maybe maybe we're a great fit for you, and and we'd love to to talk to you more about it. And and a a shot here, really quick uh, for for you guys there. I really do appreciate the services that you provide, the uh, trying to help veterans get from point A to point B, right? And and uh, and and so good on you, and 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 for for
0: doing what you do. Yeah, yeah, thank you. And I just want to make sure I uh, repeat that Skipper at UTK Kilo, and okay? Uniform Tango Kilo at to you. Perfect. Well, I appreciate you putting that out there, and then obviously go look them up, guys, for the supply chain and aerospace and defense program. How cool! Eleven month program. Uh sounds very immersive, and the fact that uh, you know it's it's multiple hats all at one time uh, that creates a, a a better streamlined program. I think that's really, really neat with an applied science. You know, I like the way you put that as well. So. Yeah, thanks. It's been my pleasure to to talk to you, to get to learn a little bit more about you, but also about what you all bring to the table. Thank you so much. All right. Till next time. Take care. Thank you for tuning in and spending a bit of time with us at the Military Transition Academy, powered by vets to pm If we piqued your interest, but you want more details, please head over to the website, Vets2PM.com, and see if we can help prepare you for a better tomorrow or a future meaningful and lucrative career.